the whole circle of things is just fascinating that I have ended up where where I have. It just blows my mind. I never would have thought that I was going to find somebody that was so in tune with what I was looking for when I started the journey. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We hope you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that is unapologetically you and then go get it. If you feel like you were meant for more and you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Asking for what you want seems so simple on the surface, but it's not always easy to put into action. So much gets in the way of actually having the productive conversations that could bring you more enjoyment and further your career at the same time. Until you push yourself to have those conversations, you won't know if you can get an extra week of vacation or a four-day work week or whatever it is that would make your work more fulfilling. As my good friend Kwame Christian puts it, the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations. What's the worst that's going to happen? The answer is no. Then you've discovered the answer to your question and then it's time to move on. You know, it's truly something that's non-negotiable, something that you need for, for your fulfillment. That's Nancy. And this episode is actually part of a two-part series. So if you haven't already listened to Nancy's first episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode about flexibility and where I actually coach her through how to decide between two pretty amazing opportunities. It's a very, very unique episode. That's episode 532. Should be right before this on your podcast player. But when we last talked to Nancy, she had stepped away from a company she had co-founded and worked at for over 20 years to explore what a fulfilling next chapter of her career could look like. She had given herself time to slow down during the career change process and really focus on getting more of the right things and continuing to hone in on what was actually an amazing opportunity for her. She found herself with a few options on the table. She was having a hard time deciding which would bring her the most fulfillment. But after our conversation, Nancy spent a few months continuing to do that hard work. She had even more difficult conversations with the organizations wanting to hire her. Now, that's led her to end up in her ideal role, getting so much more of what she wants out of her career. And the reason we had her back on is she is going to share the detail of how she asked for what she wanted and how she created this ideal role for herself. Here's Nancy summarizing where she was in her career change journey during our last conversation. Yeah, so when we last chatted, I think there was a lot more uncertainty and doubt about where I was headed or where I could potentially head in the current situation that I was in working with the new business owner that I had talked about. So I think that I was kind of trying to kind of make a like a patchwork of things work because I honestly just didn't have the honest and open conversation with him about what I needed in order to determine whether or not what I needed is something that he would be open to. So when we left, there was those those questions that I needed to go back and get answered. And actually 
I had a conversation with him yesterday, which he put it really well. And he wasn't talking about me. He was talking about somebody else. But I was thinking about it in terms of my own situation with him. He was talking about having a conversation with one of the employees of one of his businesses about potentially coming into a different role. And the way he put it was something to the effect of, I can't imagine that anything that was under her umbrella would be larger than anything that I have under my umbrella. So basically, I think that's, it made me, it changed the way I was thinking about it because I just assumed that what I needed was going to be outside of his umbrella, right? And not something he'd be comfortable with accepting, but having had the conversation with him really clarified a lot of things and made me feel much more confident about joining him and his team full-time. And you had really been balancing a couple of different opportunities. Maybe balancing isn't quite the right word, but you Mm -hmm. had been participating in two separate opportunities that you were, I don't know if testing was the word that you used, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely what it made me think of when we were talking at the time where you're like, hey, this could be a great fit for me or Mm -hmm. this could be a great fit for me. And I want to explore both of them. And Mm -hmm. also I want to continue to have a level of flexibility that you had been I think, missing for a period of time. Right. Yeah, I was basically under doing some contract work for this one business owner, helping him kind of in a part-time COO role, if you will. And then also working with another company where their whole model is just contractors. And that was more closely aligned to the previous type of work I had been doing. And I was pretty much thinking that where I would be going was just to continue with those kind of two contract roles and balancing those, which as I had worked through it and been doing that for a period of, of weeks, it, it was really stressful. I had likened it to one of my friends as feeling like Mrs. Doubtfire, um, <laughs> where <laughs> he's in the restaurant and he keeps changing identities and he f- kind of forgets who he is part of the time. Cause it was like, I'm in like multiple email accounts, like responding to different clients. And I think it was at the early stages of this new type of work where you're a contractor and trying to please multiple people at the same time. Yeah. But it was just really overwhelming. I mean, I, I think If I had given it more time, I probably could have figured it out, but it was very stressful and it didn't feel like it was the right way to continue working. It was, and especially for the type of person that I am, I'm much more mile deep than mile wide. I like to get really get to know people and I I feel like I can make more of a difference if I have a deep and thorough understanding of of the business and of the challenges and really get integrated with the team. And being a contractor for companies, I don't really feel like you necessarily can get get there. And for me, making that type of contribution wouldn't have been as as obvious or as realistic in that type yeah, of Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a ton of sense. And I think what's really cool is that it sounds like ended up being really valuable input or information coming mm-hmm. out of that experience is even though it sounds like a period of time of it was stressful and overwhelming, mm-hmm. that stress and overwhelming was a set of inputs that allowed you to decide what the next step might be too. Is that accurate right. or is that? It definitely is. Yeah. That kind of experimental phase, it, it uncovered those challenges and the in that desire that I hadn't really uncovered previously about wanting to be more deeply entrenched into an organization than just a contractor. But then also the type of work that I was doing in that secondary role was, like I said, it was much more closely aligned to my prior work experience. And it was just easy. Like, it's just really easy for me to do. And I had that conversation with myself about, do I want something that's just easy and 
not very challenging or do I want something that is going to completely out of my past work experience from an industry perspective and really get to learn and grow and do a lot of new things. So I think that that was definitely where my inclination is, has led me towards is the, one of the reasons that I left was I needed a challenge. I wanted to do mm. something different. I wanted to learn and grow and develop and try new things. We had talked, I think before I had mentioned That's right. uh, Michelle, yeah. Michelle Obama's book Becoming. And it's about like, you, you don't, you're not just one thing your whole life. You're always evolving and growing and learning. And that was definitely part of the journey for me is realizing that I could take this job and it would be pretty easy. But not necessarily really fulfilling and challenging. And so decided to kind of push that one to the side and go all in on the one that's going to <laughs> keep me on my toes. And I just, yeah, I just got off a call with, with part of the team on it. And certainly they're keeping me on my toes because they're, I have my work cut out for me, but it feels good. It feels like I, they need me a lot. <laughs> what do you feel like, or what, maybe what would be an example where it's being reinforced that, yes, this is the right set of challenges for me right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that part of it is the, the the business owner himself and some of his philosophies really align with where I've been really kind of my whole life, but yeah. I have kind of kept it caged in, like his philosophy of more autonomy and less less kind of top-down management, letting teams kind of form their own leadership and hold themselves accountable rather than having one boss that's like dictating all of the actions. And I've long felt the need to help people and or let people develop and learn from their mistakes rather than the boss telling them, this isn't the right way. This is how you should do things. And I've just, that was the environment I was in for many, many years. And it was never truly comfortable for me. So I think just knowing the philosophy and feeling like it's kind of where I always wanted to be, but I never had you know realized it as explicitly as I am now that I've been exposed to it. Didn't really think, I guess, that it existed it was this type of management style that's just a lot more hands-off than what I've what I've been dealing with. That's really cool. And it sounds like as a byproduct of that too, one of the things that you had mentioned to me last time we chatted that you really, really wanted to have as a portion of your career is the ability to just decide on a, on an afternoon or on a day mm-hmm. that, Hey, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go do this today, or I'm going to right. go to the lake today, I think is what you mm-hmm. had told me earlier. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you get to do some of that now. And that's actually happened. So fast forwarding a little bit here, what does it feel like to have that come true? Like identifying that that's a thing that you want in advance and then mm-hmm. sort of have that become a portion of your reality. What's that like? Well, it's super exciting. Like I said, I didn't really know that that was going to be an option. I didn't know that it was a realistic idea working full-time for a company that, you know, I'd have that type of flexibility and definitely have had an opportunity in so many ways. One of which, yes, going to the beach just because it's a, a gorgeous day out and it's summertime and it's it's a great opportunity to, to enjoy the environment where I live and the, the atmosphere that I'm lucky enough to find myself in. It's just, I just feel really lucky that I have been on this journey and really took the time to stop and figure out what was important to me and then to go out and, and discover that it was actually possible to find something that would work in that way. Compared to three, three and a half months ago when we chatted last, 
mm-hmm. when you were, you had done a ton of work at that point, identifying what created potential great fits. And you were, mm-hmm. as we called it, actively exploring two different, two different avenues mm-hmm. of that. But when you were in that portion compared to now, what have been your biggest surprises or learnings? Well, I, after you and I spoke, I took the opportunity to go back and have a conversation with the business owner that I've been working with to really clarify what I was looking for. Um, as I think at the time when I had prior to our last conversation, I had indicated to him that my plan was to just stay as a contract employee and kind of continue with the type of engagement that we had. And I think his words were, well, if that's what you want. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, that's clearly not what he wants. That's his reaction. So as a follow-up conversation to that, I wanted to explain to him why that, if that was what I wanted, quote unquote, and it was about that freedom and flexibility and having the ability to be there for my kids, you know, as they're entering their final years of high school and just have more flexibility to do the things that are important to me in my life. And so between that and then the compensation that I, you know, feel like I I need in order to feel fulfilled in the role as well, having explained those things to him, I think his response was like, why wouldn't, what, what, what about me would you, would make you think that that wasn't an option? And I, as I reflected on that, I was like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. Cause he is pretty, he's pretty flexible. He's a very unique individual. And as I'm working with him and starting to help him like lead the different managers of his other, of his businesses, I guess I have come to the realization that he's absolutely not somebody who's demanding that I'm in my chair from nine to five and not demanding that I, I check off all of these boxes that his are his requirements for the work to be performed for any particular period of time. So I think it was just realizing that I needed to have that conversation and not being afraid to put out there what I was looking for, which you helped me realize that that was something I hadn't done. And I would just kind of jumping to conclusions or assuming that what I wanted wasn't possible. And so I had that conversation and I think certainly have I feel good about the conversation and where it went with him. And then some of the subsequent interactions that I've had with him, you know, I was, I mentioned to you earlier, I was at a, a riding competition with my daughter and there was some last minute unexpected issues in the business that came up while I was away. And he said, before the conversation started, he's like, well, let me just stop you and ask you, what are you going to be doing so that you're not talking to me at 11 o'clock when you said that you need to be with your daughter? And I was like, holy cow, like, thank you so much for asking me that question. I'm like, I'm so appreciative that you actually even care and are thinking about that because it's just, it just feels really good and exactly what I was looking for. That is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Also, (laughs) it occurs to me that asking for what you want is something that is easy to say to do, but as a human, (laughs) so many things get in the way of actually doing it. So kudos to you for working through those things and then actually doing it. And now you're experiencing the byproducts of having those potentially difficult but productive wonderful conversations because it's led to new ground for you and new learnings for you and certainly benefits for you too. I'm curious what allowed you to make that happen? What allowed you, what did that look like actually working through it? Was it just as simple as like, Oh, I'm going to have the conversation and then I went and have the conversation and then boom, it was done. Or was Mm -hmm. there more to it than that? Tell me a little bit about how that played out in reality. I think there probably was a little bit of hesitation or doubts or that I might've had going into it. But I think, you know, you and I had the conversation about 
Well, I think, I don't know how you put it exactly, but you definitely encouraged me that it would be a good idea to go and have that conversation and really lay out what it is that I was looking for, what, what, what would make an ideal match for me. And then as I, after our conversation, as I reflected on it, it it became really obvious to me that I should have done that or should be doing that based upon the whole, the whole coaching and, and program that you've developed. It's whole, it's the, it's part of the steps, right. That you would design for anybody that was, you know, trying to find the right match for them. So I don't know why it kind of got lost for me. I, I, maybe it was just because it was uncomfortable to ask for what I, for what I truly wanted, but the conversation itself was, it was great. I mean, it, there was, it, once I decided and committed to doing it and put it on the calendar and made it clear that, you know, what my intentions for the conversation were, it's like, there's no turning back. Right. And of course it was fine. I mean, what was he going to do? It wasn't going to bite my head off. He's a very kind individual. And I think probably really appreciated the fact that I was open and honest about what my needs and expectations are so that hopefully he has a better understanding too of where I'm coming from. And in retrospect, I think he's also, I think it's been a month or so after that conversation, he provided me with a book that he had read, I don't know how many years ago, but it was all about inventing new types of organizations that are more, you know, that that self-management where you don't have that top-down leadership. And I'm about no, not quite halfway through it, but it's like, this is exactly what I was looking for. And I didn't know that I, that I wanted is that autonomy and that the kindness and the, in the businesses that are in it for not just for profit, but for people and for other causes that are meaningful to people and finding out from those people, what is meaningful to them so that they can, you know, help them find and achieve those things in their life. So it just it, it, like the whole, the whole circle of things is just fascinating that I have ended up where, where I have it just blows my mind. I never would have thought that I was going to find somebody that was so in tune with what I was looking for when I started the journey. I think what is perpetually, you used the word fascinating a moment ago, and I, I would definitely apply it to this too. What's fascinating to me after getting to hear stories like yours and work with people, our team, we get to work with amazing people like you all the time. And still it's perpetually fascinating and even fulfilling to me that what has to happen in order to result in this type of situation where you, as you you know, said a moment ago, I found the thing that I wasn't even totally aware that I was looking for. And mm-hmm. when we start to break apart, like how does somebody actually do that? How do you create that over and over and over again? We find that it's no small amount of work, like all the work that you did early on to be able to chip away and identify very slowly the parts and the pieces that you suspected mm-hmm. that you wanted, and then mm-hmm. get little bits of feedback here and there and continue to test and all the things all of those add up to being able to recognize an opportunity when it's right in front of you. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's something that is so undervalued because we assume mm-hmm. as humans that we're going to know what we want, first of all, <laughs> and then we're going to automatically recognize it when, we, right. when it's in front of us. And what mm-hmm. I find that in, the reali- in reality is that the way that our minds work as humans is very much the opposite. Unless we've done that, that initial deep work to identify what it is that we want, then mm-hmm. all those opportunities, which are right in front of us, just slip right by. Right. So nice yeah, job again. I definitely agree with that. And I remember, you know, when I started out before I'd even engaged with a coach, it was like just reading through some of the materials and the worksheets and such and thinking like, 
I don't know what I want. Like, how do I know what I want? I've been doing this for 20 years. Like, I don't even know what's out there. I, you know, do I want to stay in the events business or do I want to maybe, I mean, there was a time where I was contemplating not being in that type of role as well and just going into nonprofits and such. But I think part of it was just, I don't, I hadn't had that, a lot of that experience in other types of industries or with other people, right? Having worked under the same person for so long. I think part of the piece of the puzzle that really helped me was the strengths finder is kind of like having that validate some of the things that I suspected about myself that, you know, I enjoy and that I'm good at doing and having that as a guide to really, again, reinforce, oh yeah, I am like, that is why I'm good at this. And that's why I enjoy this type of work. But I think in in terms of some of the like the types of industries that I was interested in, that was another part of the puzzle where it's like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm not sure if I want to stick with, you know, in this industry or try try a different one. And if it's a different one, what is it going to be? I'm, I'm typically a very flexible person. I think it can be a good thing or a bad thing. Because a lot of times, you know, like, I'll just make it work. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. Like it's a bad situation, but I'm going to make it work. Right. And so it's, it's good. It's a good way to, to be. However, you're not necessarily always going to find the right thing for you. If you're just like, oh, it's fine. I'll just, I'll just figure it out. I'll make it work. Right. <laughs> Instead of actually going for the thing that would make you supremely happy. I think that's really interesting too. That in itself, your last comment, I don't know what you call that in relation to your strengths, but I would probably call that some measure of adaptability is something mm-hmm. that you've been pretty, pretty amazing at. And it's probably mm-hmm. rooted from your strengths and the potential negative byproduct of adaptability as, as you had mentioned is like, I'll just go with it, even if it's a terrible situation and figure it right. out. And while that right. has served you well, you've probably performed well in your career at various different times by just digging in. And it's like, we're just going to figure this out. It's a, not a great situation. We're just going to figure it out. Right. Uh, <laughs> When it comes to yourself and what you want, that can show up really negatively. And that's what I hear you saying. Is that, mm-hmm. is that kind of what you mean? For sure. Yeah, I think so. It's, and it's, like I said, it, it it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It served me well and it's probably kept me in the role that I was in for probably too long. Cause I was just like, oh, well, I'm here and I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to make it work because, because that's what people do. Right. Yeah. I'm not a quitter, not a quitter, not a quitter. <laughs> I think the really fun thing that as we've gotten to chat that I've started to see is it seems like, at least from outside looking in, you're starting to harness that strength in a very different way and Mm -hmm. work with it rather than Mm -hmm. having it work against you in Mm -hmm. an unaware unaware state. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's been really fun to be able to see. Yeah. Yeah. Those strengths finder reports, having that clarity because it's like I think I think I'm good at this. I, I think I like doing it. And then to have that as that reinforcement. And then, you know, as you say, is like looking at the dark side of those strengths too to make sure that we're keeping those in mind and not letting them undermine the the good part of of what we do. It also begs another question for me, which is now that you have done some additional experimentation and now that you've had some conversations and to be able to ask for what you want, and mm-hmm. it appears that you're getting much more of what you want, at least in this stage of life. Yes, it'll continue to evolve. Yes, it'll continue right. to to change as, as happens in life. Mm-hmm. But as you're there in this moment, what advice would you have for other people that are wanting to identify more of what they want, wanting to become more self-aware in that way, what they want and need? And then also for people who want to do more asking for what they want. Let's handle those mm-hmm. separately here. So 
What advice would you give to somebody who wants to identify more of what they want to need? Well, I mean, I couldn't have done it without your process. I don't, I don't want to plug you too hard, but I mean, I, I, it absolutely wouldn't have happened for me if I hadn't had come across, I think I told you last time I was on the train going into my new office at this, at my old job yeah. and I like Googled or whatever, searched in my podcast career change. And from the, like, from the first moments I heard it, it was just like, oh my God, this, this content was made for me. This is exactly what I need. So I think that just digging in to all of your resources, I know that I started out looking at a lot of the free stuff that you had, which was extremely helpful. And I was floored by how much free content you had that it was just so, so helpful. But even, you know, I'm not the investment that I made in the coach. I spent a ton of money on my kids, but not very much on myself. And it was probably, you know, one of the best investments I've ever made was working with your team because you really kind of walked me through all of those steps. And it was scary. And I didn't necessarily have 100% support behind me personally to go ahead and make that leap. But I just decided that it was time. I was just after so much angst and discomfort and unhappiness. And I think the advice is if you're feeling that way, you know, listen to yourself. Life mm. is short and just listen to the the voices that are speaking to you. It's everything will be okay. Like if you're a smart professional, you'll figure it out. You'll find a way to figure it out. Just don't, it, life is too short to be so unhappy and to be wondering if there's something better. So I think it's, it can be scary, but it will be okay. <laughs> I love that advice. And it seems like it is well, it's what we mentioned earlier when we were talking about how to, it seems like it should be simple to for us to ask for what we want. Mm -hmm. And it's not always simple in so many different ways. And it's also not always simple to listen to those, those voices as you're talking about, mm -hmm. about what we, right. what we know we want to need. So I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely, you know, it took me a long time. I, I think it was building a little voice inside my head for, for a long time for probably since 2018 or 2019. And I didn't yeah. make the change until last year. So. Well, that is really cool. So then the second part of my question to you about what advice would you give to somebody who wants to begin asking for more of what, what they want and need? Because mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. we just said, like that can be a whole separate thing, whole separate set of skills and challenges in right. itself. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Well, I think that not being afraid to ask for it. And I think that if you if you come across a negative response to what you're asking for, then perhaps it's not the right situation, right? It's like if somebody's overreacting or just it's over just a flat out no, then if that's what you decided you wanted and you needed, then maybe what's the worst that's going to happen? The answer is no, then you've discovered the answer to your question. And then it's time to move on, perhaps if it's truly something that's, you know, a non-negotiable, something that you need for your fulfillment. So I think it, it can be uncomfortable and kind of scary, but how else is, are you going to come to what you need? How else are you going Again, to know? Like, right. that's such a great point. You're going to wait it out. You're going to wait yeah. it out and just try it and see what happens. I mean, again, life's too short for that, in my opinion. That is fantastic advice. And the logic behind that is so simple and so empowering. Like, well, yes, I could wait and I could wonder in misery potentially, or I could just ask, and then if it, mm -hmm. if the answer is no, or if the, if it becomes apparent that that's not a fit, then better to know now, right? For sure. For sure. Very cool. Anything else that we didn't talk about? I guess the only, the only thing that, um, you know, 
what was it that I was looking for was that autonomy, right? And once you get it, and in my case, I have it in spades, is then it's a whole another level of professional development. It's like, all right, well, now I have to keep myself accountable because I don't have that big bad boss above my head demanding all the things all the time. So I have to put in some self-discipline and structure to keep myself accountable and to make sure that I'm not just going to the beach five days a week because I can, because nobody's watching, right? Is really thinking through how to be most effective in that autonomous role, but while also enjoying the freedoms and the flexibility that I now have in this role. Yeah. And that's really true. I don't know that we've talked about that on the podcast in the past, but to your point, we've talked about that a lot internally because Mm -hmm. we've seen that in our organization, when people come into our organization, sometimes they struggle Mm -hmm. for that exact reason that it's not just you amazingly perform well in autonomy. It is that there are skill sets and layers of skills that Mm -hmm. often can go along with that. So Mm -hmm. my question then to you becomes, what are the areas that have been the biggest challenges for you or where have you seen skill development for yourself Mm -hmm. along with the new autonomy in order to harness it? Yeah, I think that to be truthful, I'm still somewhat figuring it out because in the role that I'm in right now, managing multiple different businesses and each of those businesses is on a different kind of level of where they they need support. One of them, you know, I could be I could be working in that business at that business every single day and it would take a long time before they're, you know, fully functioning and highly productive. And then there's others that are doing pretty well for themselves. And then there are some that are just kind of getting started. So I could, I could have my calendar full 60, 80 hours a week. If I, you know, fell into that trap of like, I need to, I need to make progress. I need to do things. I need to make sure that I'm doing a great job and that I'm moving these businesses forward, which is certainly what I want, but it's also going to kill me, right? If I do it that way. So Mm -hmm. it's taking a step back and really trying to prioritize my workflow and prioritize all of the different things that need my attention while also keeping in mind, okay, the reason why I made this change was so that I could just be be a, a happier person, have more of that thinking time and reflecting time. So I think that staying true to a calendar and really thinking about how I'm going to be spending my time throughout the week and making sure that I'm not scheduled up every minute of every day is part of what I'm implementing. But it's, you know, it's going to be more than just that. I think that relying and and leaning on other types of professional development to help me really harness and and harness the autonomy and and the autonomous management style so that I'm fully effective. It's, It's still a work in progress. I think that's one observation that I've seen that has a tendency to go hand in hand with more, more autonomy often requires more ownership as well. In my experience and a part of that, that I think has not, has been challenging based on how we, how we do work at many other organizations around the world is a lot of times the, or the organization drives the development where when you get into more autonomy, something that a lot of people don't seem to expect in my experience is that uh, you also own more of your development, your own development too, which that in itself can be very different, but also very challenging in its own right. I personally Mm -hmm. love it and I thrive Mm -hmm. in it, but I've also seen many, many people, including myself struggle making the switch. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, it's really exciting to me to be able to, as you say, kind of curate my own professional development based upon the needs that I have. And that's absolutely, I mean, that's, again, another another part of this new scenario that is really exciting to me is that this business leader, like he, one of his main things, learning, growing, developing is yeah. it's like, he's not afraid to invest in, in people and in whether it's in a different educational courses or just coaching or whatever it is, he's pushing that out to his team on an ongoing basis. So it's exciting to be able to be in a position where I feel like is not just something that he wants, it's something that he expects and that everybody on the team is going to be in, engaged in that kind of constant development, development and growth, which is really what I was part of what I really wanted, I found. Hey, if you love this story where we talk through and walk you through step-by-step how someone got to more meaningful work, then you'll absolutely love our audiobook, Happen to Your Career, An Unconventional Approach to Career Change and Meaningful Work. I even got to narrate it, which was so fun and something that I really enjoy doing and will definitely do for future books as well. But it also contains firsthand accounts from career changers on how they made the move to more meaningful work just like we include on the podcast here. And actually, it's been called the best audiobook experience ever by some reviewers. <laughs> you can find those reviews and the book itself on Audible, Amazon, or any other place where books are sold. Seriously, just pause this right now and go over to Amazon or Audible or wherever you want and download it. You can be reading it and start it on your career change in literally seconds. Now, here's a sneak peek into what's coming up next week, right here on Happen to Your Career. So there I was, three years out from being shiny and new and feeling like I was ready to tackle the world and and conquer the world, feeling completely and utterly burnt out and sick and tired of trying to save the country. You've probably heard the oxygen mask theory before. It goes like this. If you're in the unfortunate position of being on a plane which is about to nosedive, you should secure your oxygen mask before helping anyone else. If you don't, you risk not being able to help anyone at all. And as it turns out, this is a great analogy for avoiding or overcoming burnout. Focusing inward allows you to take stock of what is within your control. And by doing so, you can serve all roles in your life better and inspire those around you to follow suit. Today, My guest is here to talk about all things burnout and how to finally start taking control of your career and your life. All that and plenty more next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Make sure that you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically. Even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios, I'm out.